0: For you have raised up the horn of salvation in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. You may be seated. You may wish to follow along uh, on page 44 of the Pew Bibles of the New Testament. We are going to be looking at the Song of Zechariah, which was the paraphrase hymn that we had for our canticle. How do we get a vocabulary for hope? In the paraphrase, hymn that we heard, in the translation that we have in the pew, they try to contextualize the word and they say, for God has raised up a mighty savior. But I love the the poetry of Zechariah where he says, for you have raised up a horn of salvation. Now that may not mean much to you, but let me start by telling you a quick story. Several years ago, a friend of mine, Invited my wife and I uh, to their wedding in Spain. After the ceremony, uh, we gathered at the reception for tapas, dinner, and festivities. And it was an amazing celebration. Of course, my friends encouraged me before I came to bring a change of clothes. Clothes that were a little bit more active, they said. Uh, A little bit more functional than just a suit and tie. Uh, By the way, uh, bring some clothes that you don't mind getting ruined, they said. I was intrigued. So after dinner, uh, the bride and groom invited all those who uh, wanted to participate to a small bull ring outside of the reception venue. And it finally dawned on me what the change of clothes was for. So not all uh, guests decided to change and go in there, but I was with about 100 other guests. We went into the bull ring um, and introdded this little one-year-old calf and uh, we presided, uh, proceeded to jump over and hurdle the little calf. And it was this sort of, you know, superstitious thing that every time you hurdle over the calf, there's a, it's one more year of fortune for the bride and groom. I mean, I'm not superstitious, but it was fun. So that was, that was good for about a, a few minutes, and then all of a sudden, subtly, the, the, the folks in the bull ring herded the little calf out and in trotted a 700-pound black Iberian bull. Needless to say, there was only four people left in the bull ring at that point. I was one of those four. And I just thought it would be fun. I mean, come on, you got to do the running of the bulls if you're in Spain, right? Even if it's not on the 7th of July, it's at a wedding venue, but you got to try it. So, I thought I'd do that, I dodged a little bit and I darted, Um, but then all of a sudden that 700-pound bull just came charging right towards me. So, I dashed for the six-foot wooden barrier, threw myself over it, and my wife, Michelle, was waiting on the other side uh, for me, to which she pointed out, you have a hole in your jeans now. For you have raised up a horn of salvation. Now, you see, sometimes we don't have a vocabulary for things because we don't have a context or we don't understand the meaning of that. We might say, you have raised up a mighty salvation. But let's look at that canticle, the song of Zechariah. The the background of that is that there's this hope, this dream of a king who will come and rescue the people of Israel. And we are in the feast of Christ the King here at the Cathedral Church of St. Luke. And we're celebrating that this this week before Advent. So Zechariah was awaiting the consolation of Israel. And it came his turn to serve in the temple of the one true God. He was part of the the clan of the Levites. And as he was doing his temple duties, he was a, a fairly aged man. And his wife Elizabeth was aged also. So an angel appeared to him as he was offering incense and worshiping in the temple. And the angel said, you are going to, you and your wife are going to have a son, and this son is going to be a forerunner or a deliverer. He's going to be someone who's going to herald the coming of a king, a redeemer for Israel. Obviously, Zechariah looked at the angel, and much similar to the story of Mary and the angel Gabriel, he asked a very similar question, how will I know that this is to be? for my wife is of advanced age, and so am I. Mary asked that same question, how will this be unto me? Very similar question. Mary's response is one that is faith-filled, and Zechariah's initial response is one of doubt, if you will. And so the angel says, because of your doubt, for nine months until your son is born, you will have a loss of You'll be at a loss for words. You'll be at a loss of vocabulary. What do the different passages that we have read today in our lectionary and this canticle, the Song of Zechariah, tell us? They tell us two things during the Feast of Christ the King. First is that we need to see the deliverer, and two, that we need to see the forerunner. See the deliverer. Sir Anthony Flew, the noted uh, philosopher and uh, atheist who wrote the book, There Is No God, uh, once said, give enough monkeys, enough typewriters, and they will produce the the writings of Shakespeare. So, someone actually took him up on that. They went to uh, a zoo in England and they, they put a bunch of typewriters in front of monkeys. And they gave them keyboards and they just said, let's have these eight monkeys just keep clacking away. And I don't need, you know, I don't need sonnet 114. I just need you to produce on a page one word, the shortest word in the English language. And by that, I mean, I need to have a space bar, the letter A and the next space bar. So they gave these eight monkeys about two weeks to do that. And they clacked away and they clacked away and they never even produced one word, the smallest word in the English language. Give enough monkeys enough typewriters, and they'll produce the writings of Shakespeare sounds great, sounds like it makes sense, and it actually is almost like what Zechariah is saying. There is no such thing as this miraculous inbreaking from the other world. They did the math on it and actually there's not enough time in this universe let alone other multiverses if there were any to produce the works of Shakespeare in that random in enough random sequences on one typewriter for one monkey. You see for Zechariah when he lets his doubts come over him he comes to the point where even he has to doubt his own doubts to borrow from the uh, medieval historian William Manchester in his 1992 book, A World World Lit Only by Fire. He tells the story of how Europe, uh, before the medieval ages, we had Rome, and Rome was vibrant, and there was all this logic and reason, and then the Dark Ages came, and then then the Renaissance brought back reason to the forefront, and we went from being a, a world lit by superstition, a world lit only by fire but here's what C.S. Lewis says in critique of that in his abolition of man you cannot go on explaining away forever you will find that you have explained explanation itself away you cannot go seeing through things forever the whole point of seeing through something is to see something through it you see, explain away explanation, and all that you're left with is you, you, you run out of windows to look out of. The point of looking out the window is to see the fields or the trees or the buildings beyond the window. We need to see the deliverer. And that's why during Advent, we look at the mystery of the incarnation, where we say that the word became flesh and moved into the neighborhood. The one whose meaning itself comes into our existence and imbues our existence with meaning. See the deliverer so that we are no longer just a world lit by fire, but that we are a world lit by fire and faith. A world lit by fire and faith. And you can even see that we, we read about the crucifixion story in Luke chapter 23. And we see that the one who is the source of life, the immortal one, dying, rescuing us from the nothingness that was our doom and fate, and we are now given eternal life because of his substitution for us. The song of Zechariah tells us to see the Redeemer, So, if you look at those verses in Luke chapter 1, verses 67 to 80, you'll see that two-thirds of those verses are about the deliverer. See that God has raised up the mighty horn of salvation, who will gore and trample over sin, death, and the grave. And we'll just leave a little nick in someone's jeans as they're jumping over a, a wooden barrier, but we'll actually trample death. And you can say as Saint Paul did, death, where's your sting? Grave, where is your victory? But the second thing that we see in the Song of Zechariah is this is that we are to see the forerunner. You see the first two thirds of the verses that we read in the Song of Zechariah are about the redeemer, but the last third of verses are about the forerunner. And you may ask yourself, well, what is a forerunner? Well, there's this fun little badge that that some folks in the U.S. Army get, which is called a Pathfinder. The Pathfinder is the person that finds the drop zone and prepares the way for all the troops to land. So before D-Day ever happened, the night before D-Day, Pathfinders went to different drop zones, whether it was saint mer Sur-l'Eglise, or wherever it was, they were preparing the way for the 101st Airborne Division and the 82nd Airborne to land. And as we heard from the dean last week, that, that D-Day, we know, it was the end of the war. But from D-Day to V-E-Day, there was a lot of mopping up that happened during that time. But what does a forerunner do? A forerunner is also a herald For you, John, will be a herald of your cousin, Jesus. You will tell the world about Jesus, the the once and future king. And you see, the last third of those verses that we read in the Song of Zechariah are not just about John the Baptist. They're actually about the church of Jesus. It's about you and me being heralds of good news when the Allied troops finally made it to Auschwitz. They hadn't finished up all the the mopping up operations, but when they arrived there, they came not giving good advice, but giving good news. And they told the men, the women, and the children there at Auschwitz, you are free. And similarly that's what John the Baptist is doing he's proclaiming to the people of Israel he says repent and believe for the kingdom of God is drawing near the king is drawing near and that's what we will start looking at next week with advent when we look at the once and future king in advent we look back in order to look forward And that's what gives us a vocabulary of hope. That's what gives us words to say things. That's why after nine months of silence, Zechariah erupts in singing, because that is his response to the wonder and amazement that Jesus restores to our lives when we embrace a world that is not just lit by fire, but by faith. I wonder when you... What's the first place that you look to when you run into trouble or don't know what to do? Do you look to your friends? Do you look to family, to the medical profession? And there's nothing wrong with looking for help in all these different directions, but the first place that Zechariah looks is forward. You see, regrets look back, fear looks around, worry looks in. But faith looks up. And that's why the psalmist tells us, I lift up mine eyes to the hills from where comes my help. My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Zechariah tells you and I that just as his son John will become the forerunner, he is taking up the mantle of being a forerunner. The challenge for us today is that Jesus is asking us if you and I will become forerunners for him. I've been here at the cathedral for three years, and uh, my job description has been cathedral missioner, to go on mission, to be a herald, to, to be a forerunner. But the thing is that it's very easy to look and see that as a professional description for a paid person that wears some garb on Sunday or a clerical collar on the weekday. Or maybe it's not just me, maybe it's we'll let... Deacon Gordon do that, or Dean Kidd. But the truth of the matter is that we're not called to be the only heralds. The church is called to be the missioner. The church is called to be the ones that are proclaiming freedom to the captives and release to the oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. For he has raised up for Israel a mighty horn of salvation. So, Father, we thank you for the gift of your Son, Jesus Christ, who has transferred us out of the dominion of darkness and to the kingdom of your beloved Son. So, Father, we ask that from this place today, you would send us out in the power of your Spirit to be forerunners that speak of your deliverer. Amen.